Here's the thing, Mike. I'm just glad that you're the one bringing the chaos this evening. Nah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome to Tencent Takes, the show where we wander into the enchanted forests of our mind, one issue at a time. My name is Jessica Fraser, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Leviathan of the Library, Mike mm. Thompson. I did work in a library. That was my first job out of high school. You did. You did. Were you a Leviathan? Mm, no. Particularly? No. no. I did wear really tacky Aloha shirts a lot, though. No, that counts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you are new to the show, our main episodes drop every other week and provide in-depth looks into interesting moments in comic books and how they tie into pop culture and history. But today is one of our Dollar Bin Discoveries mini-episodes that we do in between those deep dives. We spend a ton of time rooting through dollar bins at local shops, looking for interesting stuff. And while a lot of the issues we find are fun and weird, there may not be quite enough information for us to do a deep dive on. At the moment, we do reserve the right to change our mind later, though. So these episodes feature both of us talking about one random issue we come across in the dollar bins, what it is, what goes on inside it, and why it's interesting. So, this week, because we have settled upon doing themes, which I enjoy. Me too. And guys, if you have a theme you want us to try to check out, please let us know. Tweet at us. Like, we we cannot guarantee that we're going to be able to find exactly the niche thing, but we can definitely try. Yeah, like, I... I think between the two of us, we have enough weird comics that we can probably meet most people's demands. Yeah. I could, I could, yeah, absolutely. I think we could make it work. Yeah. Well, groovy. Yeah. So let us know, y'all. But for today, the theme is obscure fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited when you suggested this. Oh, good. (laughs) I just happened to have this on my counter that I was going to put forth as a dollar bin discovery anyway and i was like what do i call this oh obscure fantasy it is but we're not talking about me right now what did you bring first Ooh, all right yeah so you were with me when i picked this up it is cray number one from gauntlet comics and cray is spelled like prey but with a k at the beginning love that yeah i was gonna say as someone who is a fan of with a k <laughs> yeah it was written by Roland Mann, who we have recently been interacting with on Twitter, strangely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, penciled by Stephen Butler. Embellishments were done by Ken Branch. It was inked by Jack Kiefer and lettered by Dan Necrosis. It looks like Gauntlet was the imprint, but it was actually put together by Silverline Comics and then published by Caliber, which we talked about a year oh, yeah. ago with our episode about the realm. Yes. So I'm going to say this up front. There is nothing really original about this comic. The story is aping that classic trope of the barbarian warrior out for revenge after he's orphaned, except in this book, he's been orphaned twice. Oh, he's an extra orphany orphan. Yeah. Stop. He, he, he's an orphan squared. Oh, goodness. 
Yeah, you know, because this is from the 90s and it had to be extreme. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically the story begins with a group of mutants. They're they're orcs, but for some reason they're just called mutants raiding a human village and raising it. The entire sequence is narration by caption, just telling us what we're seeing. So we're told that the mutants invade, they murder and rampage. It's implied there's some sexual assault in one panel, but it feels like a PG rated allusion to an R rated subject. So it's a little weird and uncomfortable as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we see a particular mutant attack a house and kill the man living there before becoming interested in a cool looking sword that was hanging on the wall. It turns out the man's wife is also inside and she's protecting her sleeping baby, but she's also killed. And then the mutant decides to take the human baby as a spoil of war alongside the sword and he raises the kid as his own. So the kid is given the name Cray, which means battle prize in the mutant's language. And he's, yeah, you know, he's adopted by the mutant who took him. And honestly, this is like the most interesting part of the story. Cray's childhood appears to be a pretty happy one. Like the comic never shows him being bullied or ostracized because he's different and his adopted family seems to care for him in a strong, distant way. Yeah. Yeah. He is obsessed with proving himself at the mutant tribe's combat trials. And so he trains with his dead father's sword every night after everyone else goes to sleep. And when he's finally old enough for the trials, he participates and he actually seems to kick ass right until a group of human knights find the settlement and attack it. And then it's kind of a mirror image of the scene that we got at the beginning of the book. Cray's mutant father is mortally wounded and tells the boy to run away and never forget what he saw that day and also to take his human father's sword with him. Cray sits there and says that the mutants are his people when dealing with a human knight. And then he ends up killing said human knight on his way out. And the book ends with him and a few scattered survivors on the run from their village's wreckage. Damn. It's all about like just pillage and towns, though. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't feel terribly original, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be a criticism. Yeah. It's just kind of like I've. No, 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 no. Sure. I've seen yeah. variations of this theme so many times. Yeah. But I mean, like, honestly, the standout is Butler's art. It's extremely dynamic. And honestly, it's shockingly good. Like, considering it's from a black and white indie book published in the early 90s. Like you were with me at the Batcave when I came across this book in the dollar bins and can testify that it is a book that I picked up purely for the cover. It's like, yes, it's super colorful and it shows a young Cray screaming for vengeance while he stands like atop a pile of mutant bodies with flashing lightning (laughs) and like an adult version of himself, like, you know, in the sky behind him, like a vision. And it makes sense that the art's so good considering how Butler was good enough to work for Marvel in the 90s, as well as doing work on Sonic the Hedgehog and Archie comics. But like, this is also a comic that was clearly produced cheaply. <laughs> the The paper seems to be pretty inexpensive newsprint and the ink has actually rubbed on some of the pages. Like as oh. I was flipping it open, it was really funny. Um, I've got some more issues coming in a package from Canada soon of all places. So I'm actually oh, really hey. excited to check those out. Nice. Overall, it's not bad. I'm curious to see where it goes. There's not a lot of issues, but they're pretty easy to find online. Okay, nice. Yeah. And, you know, if Roland Mann ever wants to come on and talk about this, maybe we'll bring it back for a deep dive. Ooh, yeah, hit us up. All right, so what about you? (laughs) What is the D20 bringing up tonight? Oh, goodness. Earth Lord number one, the reign of the Dragon Lord. What? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Written by C.J. Henderson, illustrated by Kevin Farrell, finishes by James Fletcher, lettered by Pat Brousseau, edited by Martin Bergenwald, published October 1986, when I was just a wee babe, by Eternity Comics. Oh, that's really funny. So this is, I don't know if Eternity was creator-owned books or not, but they got acquired by Malibu. And then Malibu got acquired by Marvel. So theoretically, this could be a Disney comic. Oh, oh. Well, we'll see if we have any Disney royalty in here. So the story starts off with Eric Ware Dodger, who is a very fierce king. And he's just gotten home from battle, but he's expecting more trouble from a gang of witches. And so he's on guard, even in his castle home. And he was right to be concerned as a reptilian-like assassin from the feuding Lamonians is sent to try to kill him in his sleep. Hmm. But he is slain by the assassin who goes on a killing spree throughout the castle. (laughs) Jump scene to the next frame. We see another couple of people who have managed to make it away from danger. A young woman, Elysia. Oh, tell me. Yeah. So I'm sorry. This doesn't sound so much like an assassin as it does like... The villain from a slasher movie. Um, it was kind of an, uh, it was, like, there was an assassin, but there was more, like, the whole castle got attacked. Hmm. And this just happened to be the assassin that went into the king's kind of Oh, uh, okay. Situation. I like my version better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for real. But it was <laughs> like, they kind of, <laughs> they show the one guy, like, killing the king and then, like, a wake of bodies, but then, like, they don't. Like And he rips him apart. Like, oh, it is black and white, but King is, like, toast. And you think, like, you're like, oh, King's ready, right? King's sleeping with the, the sword next to his bed. And, and this thing's like, nope. So, yeah. Eternity did some pretty graphic stuff. I think they did the original Evil Ernie books, too. I think. Oh, that that tracks. You'll That's yeah. right. And I'll tell you why later. Okay. That does track a little bit. So we did have two people that got away from that whole situation. Uh, A young woman named Elysia had escaped with someone else, I don't know, some knight or something, only to be thrown off of the horse and having him basically just be like, run, like, thanks, my guy. Deuces. Right? So she actually gets saved by who turns out to be her uncle, Lanhar Dilson. All right. These names, man. God, I don't even know if it's D-I-L-C-I-N. Lanhar, L-A-N-H-A-R. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I saw this TikTok earlier where it was like the first couple hundred pages of like a new fantasy story. And it's like, we traveled from that. We met up with. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's how it feels sometimes. (laughs) Yep. I've been playing the. Lord of the Rings Shadow of War game because oh yeah there it is it was on PlayStation Plus as a free game mm-hmm. I I can't with so many of the names I'm just like whatever just let me kill orcs like just let me do that how many eyes or e's are in that oh, that's that's Elvin I can't say that I... yeah oh it's so like they have <laughs> they have a whole mini game there is a whole mini game where you have to go around the map and find these like words that are used in like a poem. And it's an elvish. And so they're sitting there Certainly and like, not. yeah, no, it's terrible. Like they're sitting there and like very seriously saying all these words. I'm like, this is all gobbledygook. Who cares? Yep. yep. I'm like, just give me my legendary armor set so I can move on. 
Seriously. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Well, so freaking Lanhar Dilson explains that he had made a plan with the girl's father, the king, that if the castle was attacked, she would be whisked away to him. So he already knew about this whole situation and that she was on her way from the attack. Okay. So she talks about how she was taken from her room. It was explained. She was like literally like abducted in the night by some guy she didn't know, which is like picked up over her <laughs> shoulder. Very damsel in distress. Okay. So, ugh. so it's explained to her that her father and brothers were dead and that she needed to get away. So that's the dude that was on the horse, right? Mm-hmm. See a piece. So we find out that these two, the princess and then the uncle are the sole heirs to this throne now okay so uncle rides off into the distance who the fuck knows where he's fucking off somewhere and meanwhile elysia finds a badger who can talk in the house who who let the badger in unsure <laughs> but he could barely talk it's kind of intense he just he's like every five words he's like breathy but he's still like is very robust in his speech it's like why are you like this so <laughs> the badger's name is smug okay and he explains that her uh, but his real name is render as a person his real name is render that is explained whatever so but while he's a while he's a badger his name is smug so explains that her uncle likely went to war with the Lemonians. Uh, he's also explains that he himself was a human once, as I just said, and his adventures and different personas during his life, including the fact that he used to be her teacher. Wait, what? And yeah. And he decided to become a badger because he was bored. Like what? What? This feels like so much weird exposition. I'm not going to lie. weird. And so uncle returns. He's back. Ta-da. And while the badger's here, not surprised there's a badger there at all. Explains that there was some family drama that started all of this out. Basically, turns out the queen mom had been shacking up with one of the Lemonians. The Lemonians are, again, the lizard people. So hmm. she, somebody had come, Fencar, a shadow lizard, had come to court, but like specifically to cause trouble. So he purposefully like wooed the queen and like knocked her up. Insert one nipple. We get one nipple. <laughs> With her banging, not the not the reptile, but her banging someone else to explain that she is, in fact, loose. <laughs> this, ah! is a, this is a I lot. Hate it. This is <laughs> so wild. Lot. It's so wild. <laughs> so that is why Uncle Lanhar exists, because fun fact, something I haven't told you, he's actually half reptile. He looks like... A mountain man mixed with a lizard person. Imagine Leonardo DiCaprio fighting a bear, mm-hmm. but like mixed with a lizard person. And he has a tail. A long weird. tail. Weird. Okay. Yes. So. So so wait, when this weird lizard dude shows up. <laughs> yes. Uh, with Apparently Elysia, they weren't warring at that point in time. Okay. So when he shows up and like rescues Elysia, is she just like oh, not freaked yeah. out by him or does it like take some oh, convincing? Is, she already knows the uncle. Yeah. She's uh, the uncle's familiar okay. to her. Like, yeah. So no, no, no. She doesn't freak out. She's like, uncle. Like he does save her and he's like, aren't you even going to ask who you're talking to? So I like, she knew of him, but like. Okay. I don't know that she had actually met him, if that makes I don't know. Or hadn't seen him in a long time or something, because she was not, like, surprised by him. 
Meanwhile, Lanhart goes on to talk about how bad the Lemonians are, how much they're destroying everything, there's war, they want to take over the kingdom, hence the attack to the castle, yada mm-hmm. yada. Meanwhile, Render, who is actually, you know, again, Smug, the badger, has turned back into a human. Okay. Yeah, okay. So then they have dinner and they gear up to fight the good fight. <laughs> That's that's how that went down. Oh, is that is that where it ends? I'm I was that like expecting another like paragraph or two. Nope. Okay. No, period. I didn't just drop off the face of the planet. That's it. And I have number two here. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I will be able to like get some resolution. I mean, it was interesting. There was just a lot happening. And it was in black and white. And so that was sometimes like it was like quite a bit of detail at times. So it was kind yeah. of difficult to absorb or like kind of took a little bit of time to do so like overall it was fine it was interesting i do like the way it was set up uh it starts with a page of prose kind of just leading into the story to set it up for the reader there was quite a bit of exposition throughout the story obviously it made it longer feeling it was only 24 pages but it felt like i was reading forever i do think that they did what they needed to to get the story to unfold properly since it was somewhat complicated yeah it it feels it reminds me a lot narratively of like those old fantasy stories or fairy tales that were written in like the medieval times where it's just like lots yeah. of weird details. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds well, and it dense. Is, it's based on a story that was kind of passed around like historically for a while mm. and like amongst different circles and got adapted into this comic. So. Yeah, they, there was a whole little thing at the end, put forward by someone else. Yeah, do you know how many issues the series is? You know, I don't. Um, I just know I'd be really curious. Yeah. yeah. So right. yeah, it was it was interesting though. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll circle back. Yeah. No, that sounds really cool, man. <laughs> like I'd I'd be really interested in checking that out just to see what it's like. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe maybe we'll we'll dive a little. Maybe it'll go on the borrow pile. There. <laughs> yes yes definitely definitely nice. all right well i think that that just about wraps up our episode for this week for our dollar bin discoveries yeah yeah so join us next week for an in-depth episode not sure what that's going to be yet you'll be surprised just like us and then after that we'll have another dollar bin discovery the week after that but until yeah. then we'll see you in the stacks Thanks for listening to Tencent Takes. Accessibility is important to us, so text transcriptions of each of our published episodes can be found on our website. This episode was hosted by Jessica Fraser and Mike Thompson, written by Mike Thompson and Jessica Fraser, and edited by Jessica Fraser and Mike Thompson. Our intro theme was written and performed by Jared Emerson Johnson of Bay Area Sound. Our credits and transition music is Pursuit of Life by Evan MacDonald and was purchased with a standard license from Premium Beat. Our banner graphics were designed by Sarah Frank, who's at lookmomdraws.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask us questions, or tell us about how we got something wrong, please head over to tencenttakes.com or shoot an email to tencenttakes at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter for now. The official podcast account is tencenttakes, all one word. Jessica is Jessica Witha, and Jessica is spelled with a K. And Mike is Van Sau, V-A-N-S-A-U. We're also on Hive, Macedon, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. The complete list is in the show notes. If you'd like to support us, please be sure to download, rate, and review wherever you listen. Stay safe out there. And support your local comic shop.